It was actually way cooler than I expected it to be. Wow, this is very intuitive. That was cool. Oh, I did it! <laughs> Unbelievable. That was really fun, and that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> Welcome to Upward with Transfer where we tackle the challenges of our evolving workforce and how educators, governments, and industries are changing to keep up. We're dedicated to building effective pathways for workers and job seekers to get the skills they need to enter well-paying careers in high-growth industries. Our part in that is designing and distributing hands-on simulations that learners can use to explore new career options and develop core skills before entering an in-person vocational training program. Transfer simulations augment human educators, broadening their range of classroom possibilities without costly facilities build-outs or expensive equipment. I'm Jack Sislak, Editorial Director at Transfer, and your host for this episode. I'm joined by Sarah Hartwick, Vice President of Education and Workforce Policy at the Illinois Manufacturers Association, and Mitch Dickey, a Government Relations Manager here at Transfer. Let's jump in. So one of the biggest problems that we are identifying today in the world of manufacturing is that the pipeline for new trainees and eventual workers has declined dramatically, and this spells disaster for our nation's infrastructure and people's daily lives. As uh, skilled workers who are responsible for the smooth functioning of society retire or otherwise lead their industries, that's why we are joined here today by Sarah and Mitch. I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. Go ahead, uh, Mitch, if you want to just tell our audience who you are and what you do here, and then we'll hear from Sarah. Yeah. Hi, my name is Mitch Dickey. I am a government relations manager here at Transfer, and I work with a lot of state agencies and government entities, but also just large kind of statewide organizations as well, like the Illinois Manufacturers Association, um, to collaborate on workforce development policy and really start thinking about how we're going to solve this workforce shortage, get more people in sustainable, thriving wage career pathways. And something you know, that I think a lot of folks are, are really in the mood for right now is getting more people employed in these critical infrastructure sectors, um, such as manufacturing. Awesome. Yes. And now Sarah. Yes. Thank you. My name is Sarah Hartwick. I am the Vice President of Education and Workforce Policy at the Illinois Manufacturers Association. I also oversee the IMA Education Foundation as the Executive Director. And the IMA is the oldest manufacturing association in the country. We're actually going to be celebrating a big milestone next year of 125 years. And um, we are obviously deeply involved in this workforce space, connecting education and workforce solutions, and here to serve the manufacturers in the state of Illinois. Really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you both here. Starting with you, Sarah, please tell us about the present state of the manufacturing industry in the U.S. and Illinois in particular. Let's, let's start there and lay the groundwork. So, yes, we have a very strong manufacturing sector in the United States as well in Illinois. We, in Illinois alone, our economic output is over $54 billion annually. And at the same time, why we're here talking today is there's still, I think, 800,000 job openings within the manufacturing sector across the country. And that is what we are looking to solve. While it's a very, very strong, it's good paying jobs, Mitch, like you said, very, I mean, the average salary in Illinois is over $79,000 a year. We have over 660,000 employees. It's in our recent report that we just released last year that are involved in the manufacturing floors. And that doesn't um, include the multiplier effect of all the positions that are affected and the lives that are affected by the manufacturing sector here in Illinois. Awesome. Yeah. And we call these skills modern manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And we would love for you to tell us more about what makes modern manufacturing so modern. 
right? That is one of the biggest missions of the Illinois Manufacturers Association is to embark on a campaign to make sure that people no longer have the impression that manufacturing is dark, dirty, and dangerous. It is clean. It's high tech. It is sustainable. It is diverse. It is onshoring in ways that it has not done for decades because of the supply chain crisis that we saw during COVID. It is a very, very strong career and it is more modernized than it was before. And having people actually visualize that is a really important part. Pivoting off of that, let's keep going. What are the main jobs that companies are hiring for in the modern manufacturing space and how are they different from what people are thinking? You you were talking about changing perception. So let's keep going there. (laughs) So yes, um, a lot of the jobs that are in high demand right now, welding, industrial maintenance, CNC, I mean, robotics, automation, all of the what you would include in modern manufacturing, because that is the the development of technology influencing the modern manufacturing processes is what is required, but that's a whole different set of skills. And so that is the challenge right now. I mean, we anticipate over the next seven years the skills that are needed to be employed in the manufacturing sector goes beyond the high school degree, but it Mm -hmm. still focuses on the on the job training because we still have those individuals who are not getting the required credentials at the local education institution. So a lot of employers are taking that on. Yeah. There needs to be something to bridge that gap there. Not everybody's going to go to college. Not everybody needs to. These are great paying jobs that you can get with just a little bit more. And when, when you get to where you're going, they're going to have to teach you that, that like last mile, I guess, of just that training part. Absolutely. And they'd rather do that. Yeah. Teach them how to do it their way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right on. So what's currently being done by your organization, other organizations in the, in the field to educate people about these roles and get them into these these high-demand, high-paying jobs? So what we did this year at the IMA is we released a study that we do every other year, and it's called Manufacturing Matters. But this year, it focused on the workforce piece and the education that's required, the number of jobs that are open in each county across the state, the average GDP of the counties of the manufacturing sector in counties across the state. So really bringing that knowledge and that average salary, again, when you say salary and benefits over $79,000 a year, that's huge in some regions, uh, a lot of regions, all the regions. And so it's really important to get that message out to kids. We're doing a lot of things to make people excited about manufacturing. We had a bus tour this last year, and we were so thankful for Transfer's partnership on it. We uh, had wrapped a charter bus and traveled the entire state. And the focus was visiting manufacturing plants, hearing their stories, but also all of the stops were done outside of the buildings to also show of what People are manufacturing right in the backyard of communities that people drive past every day and have no idea. So we're celebrating with a grassroots campaign in that way. But the other point that Jackie made was changing the minds of really those older generations, the parents, the workers who are maybe just ready for a career change and showing them the benefits of manufacturing today. Awesome. And hey, I just got to tie in here. So what was the transfer connect for the bus tour? Were you doing little headset demos outside or tell us about that? We were passing out the goods, passing out the swag. Cool. Um, You know, because it is such an important piece and it's showing the experience and having Mm -hmm. pieces that show the experience that transfer has for the state of Illinois now and really just getting that message out in partnership with what our own message is. 
Right on. No, it's awesome. You were talking about, again, changing perceptions. And I think when it comes to convincing kids or convincing their parents that manufacturing is a good direction for them, hey, take a look at how we are training people for these high-tech jobs. It is with high technology. And I think that can maybe help lend a little bit of that credibility like you're talking to in convincing a young person to go into this field or their parents to be like, hey, this is an okay path for them. Right. Our research has shown the parents are the biggest barrier to kids entering manufacturing careers. Yeah, I can see how that would be. And so where do you see the future of manufacturing going and what role do you see technology, workforce boards, organizations like yours? What role are these organizations playing to build that future? So one thing that has come out of COVID and and my role, what I've learned at the IMA is there are a lot of silos within Illinois trying to do this same work. And it's not mm. just it's not just the manufacturing industry. I mean, there's workforce shortages across all sectors. Yeah. Um, I think what this has at least made us realize is how everyone is connected in this way and the silos mm. are coming together, slowly but surely coming together. There's also an increased focus on CTE in high schools uh-huh. and getting kids opportunities for career exploration experiences at the high school level. The IMA passed a bill this this last year that requires schools to have pretty rigorous CTE programming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And while we did have some opt-outs for local control, it's at least trying to set the foundation of what those CTE courses look like across the state. So I think there's a lot happening, a lot of momentum and crisis creates opportunity. And that's what we're seeing with the manufacturing sector right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a sector in crisis and things are moving so quickly that you were talking before about filling all those open jobs. You know, I went to college. It was fine for me. But also the career that you explore in high school and then however long it takes you to go to college and then maybe even find your first couple of jobs in that field. The thing you thought you could do might have changed so much from the time you heard about it to when you're actually getting there versus, okay, you're a junior in high school, you do the CTE, you take your last two years of high school, you do some CTE training there, and then you get into the workforce, you know, basically two years from when you were learning about it. That's quick turnaround, and that is really changing both people's lives directly and the industry at the same time. Oh, 100%. I mean, high schools play such a pivotal role, and employers because of the workforce shortage, are Mm -hmm. going back to the high schools. You know, maybe they haven't talked to them for a couple of years. I mean, you know, just about 15 years ago, there were lines outside doors for open positions. And now these employers are having to go to some of these Mm -hmm. old tricks to find out where are the people. (laughs) The fundamentals, yeah. The fundamentals. Where are the people and how do we get them working in our plants? And and that's the main role that I have at the IMA. What I spend Uh the whole day doing is on the phone with manufacturers in Illinois and just speaking to who is your local network to help support your workforce shortages. Cool. All right. And so, and we talked about the the bus tour and, and we're talking about getting high schoolers interested. So what are some ways the IMA is trying to excite youth interest in manufacturing? So I think the bus tour is the big piece. We had students at the stops. We had community college students at the stops. We had apprentices at the stops. Um, We're doing a lot of work around manufacturing month, and that really is the opportunity to include students. Mm -hmm. We're encouraging our members to now that the students can go on field trips again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and manufacturers are opening up their doors again, you have got to get them on the floors. (laughs) You have got to get them to see what it looks like today. You have to explain to them 
what you're doing. Um, it's such a huge marketing campaign mm -hmm. and there's different tools that employers are needing to use because of the new generation and what they're looking for in a career. Yeah. So it's yeah. really focused, making people kind of open their minds in that way. Uh -huh. But the newer generations want to be very, very passionate about their career. True. They want to feel that they have an impact yeah. and manufacturing is the blatant connection to having a role making a product and seeing what that product does from sure. the iPhone, from the electric <laughs> vehicle, from the fire truck part that's yeah, made in Western yeah. Illinois. I mean, it's like you are making a difference. Cool. So what's the current pathway like for people who want to get into these jobs? You know, it is, they really are in a lot of, a lot of times starting at community colleges. I'm hearing that a lot of community colleges are actually at pretty high enrollment for their manufacturing courses for the first time in a number of years, cool. which is really interesting because, you know, they're still open jobs, but that's a, I think that's a population problem that we're not going to be able to overcome in the short term, but really going to those community colleges and determining what credentialing you need. We encourage students to do it at the high school level because manufacturers are dealing with such worker shortage. It's really mm -hmm. hard for them to take that training on themselves. Gotcha. So they're looking to the community colleges, but it's a very expensive program to run. Sure. Um, which is why I like the partnership with transfer and you know how do you how do you get that programming curriculum into the hands in communities that may not have really good manufacturing programs because that is a pathway to a really good career. Yeah, yeah. Fully outfitting a whole CTE laboratory with all the stuff you'd need to replicate even a small fraction of a modern manufacturing floor is an immense undertaking versus here's some headsets, here's some space. You're going to get a lot of great fundamentals. You're going to get a lot of muscle memory and a real taste of what it's like to do these jobs. And then you go to some other site or you go on site at the job that you eventually hopefully get to finalize that training and really get your hands somewhat dirty we get your hands dirty colloquially right. not because we just discussed right. it's it's not how it is but it's, it's a metaphor man all right cool yes. so what in your experience deters people from getting into the modern manufacturing industry they don't know what it looks like today they don't they don't know that it's so high tech mm -hmm. they don't know what it pays i mean there's manufacturing has had a very rough 20 years or so <laughs> and it's really left a bad taste in some people's mouth sure. about what it looks like and yeah we're at a really cool time where people should be seeing what manufacturing floors look like today but that is mm -hmm. that is the biggest barrier is just i mean even on the bus tour yeah. that we would take community members onto the shop floors and they're like we had no idea it looked like this yeah, in here that's yeah. so cool we had a we had a member in danville that completely redid the the whole floor you know they just took out the fluorescent lighting and put new lighting in and uh -huh. the change that that made wow so it's just it's it's getting that bad taste out yeah. of people's mouths about manufacturing cool any other either maybe plans for the future or other techniques that you've seen work to really get this message out there and create that excitement and help people get on this pathway? You know, what we've also told a lot of our members is what are your community organizations doing in this space? There are federally funded organizations that help people with disabilities, that help second chance citizens, and they are all looking for employment opportunities and employer partners. COVID impacted that because people were not gathering, but now that people are coming back to gathering, that is one thing that we point out too of, you know, some of those adult learners, mm -hmm. where can you find them? And you really need to network and be very strong within your yeah. community. Awesome. Well, Mitch, you've been waiting so patiently and we want to get you in here. So 
why don't we talk to you about the situation on the ground when it comes to taking people from interested in manufacturing to filling an open role in manufacturing? Yeah, I think it builds a lot on what Sarah said to this point. And that is, it's about identifying barriers that folks have, because in a lot of cases, it's not the training that is the barrier. It's, mm. it's not a lack of training. It's There's other things behind the scenes that really deter somebody from making the investment in themselves and, and starting down this pathway. Um, a big one is a knowledge gap. If you yeah. don't know what this career looks like, if you don't know anything about the career, how are you supposed to know that it's something that fits you, right? Absolutely. We play this idea all the time of you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And if you never get exposed to a manufacturing career, if you never, you know, if you don't have any family members that are in these manufacturing careers, yeah. if you don't have anybody that's influenced in your life that's in these manufacturing careers, how are you supposed to know what that looks like? Or if that's something that is something that might be a good fit for you, that you would really enjoy the skill sets that are involved. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is really one of the biggest gaps that we try to solve is helping, you know, a student or an adult ed learner, or whoever it might be in the community, because we, we serve you know so many different populations in our partnerships, really start identifying for themselves, make, getting the information that they need to make an informed decision yeah. about what, they, what they're interested in from a career path perspective. And manufacturing is an incredible career path that, like Sarah said, just doesn't have the, the knowledge base uh, amongst the folks that are interested in it to know that, that that's something that they can do. Yeah, well, to go off what you're saying about if you can't see it, you can't be it, and young people who are looking for a new career path, not having elders, parents, etc., who are in these fields, they just used to be how it was in a lot of communities. Hey, my dad worked at the plant, or whomever, my uncle, somebody in my family, and I would grow up knowing that's where they went, that's what they did, and, and hearing about what their job is like, and then maybe when I grow up, you know, for better or for ill, maybe that's the job I get too, you know, there's no, no shortage of songs about that for whether it was something people wanted to do or not. Yeah. And, you know, my dad was a heavy, or is a heavy equipment operator oh, wow. in Chicagoland. Oh, um, and so I grew up, you know, getting to see what it looks like to be <laughs> someone like that. Occasionally he would take the big trucks home and I get it, you know, as a kid, I get to see all those, That's awesome. you know, the Bobcats or Caterpillar yeah. machines or whatever it might be. Um, you know, but for most people, it's yeah. the only exposure they have to construction careers is when you pass somebody on the right. interstate, you see guys right. you know, working on the side of the road or, you know, whatever that might be. And if that's, again, the only exposure you have, same thing with manufacturing, yeah. then you're not going to know enough to make sure that's something that you're interested in or, or find out if it's something you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think our career exploration software is so popular because yeah. it allows people from all these different backgrounds to get exposure to these jobs that they might not have gotten any other way. And, you know, we talked about barriers. So another barrier that a lot of people hear about is accessibility. I think that mm. right now we've heard that rural communities don't have access to healthcare, right? And yeah. healthcare facilities. I think that those holes were really identified by COVID, right? And really <laughs> kind of amplified. We hear a lot about the infrastructure bill and broadband and the access that rural communities don't have right. to broadband. You know, this there's a technology that can be brought anywhere, um, you don't have to have, you know, to the point you were making earlier, a multi-million dollar facility right. um, to train somebody or to get exposure. You can actually access it no matter where you're at. <laughs> you know, I talk all the time about being at conferences yeah. or wherever we might be across the U.S. And that, you know, in this very room that we are standing in or sitting in, right. you can actually have access to a manufacturing facility, yes. see what it's like to touch a robot and do some you know, troubleshooting on one and get that exposure and you're sitting here in a conference room that is not set up for this at all. Yeah. But accessibility is a huge barrier for a lot of folks. It's a, it's a big reason why they don't ever have access to that knowledge in the first place. And that is something that we help identify and, and bridge the gap on and close that barrier down. 
Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. Let's talk about how transfers partnering with workforce boards, employers, organizations like the IMA to fill these local talent pipelines with qualified applicants. Yeah. So I think Sarah hit the nail on the head here. There are so many groups out there that are doing incredible work, right? That are really working with the populations they serve and trying to help them get to that next level or serving them with education or identifying kind of some of those barriers and helping in other ways by offering wraparound services. But a lot of them are working in silos. They don't have Mm -hmm. time with all the demand that they have on their services. They don't have the time to go out and meet all of the other people that are doing the exact same work. And I think that's honestly a unique place that we fall in, you know, is that we're working with so many different groups across the spectrum of workforce development. And that spectrum is broad. There are so (laughs) many players and so many key players in the pipeline, seriously, from Uh all the way down to K-12 and all the way up to employers. There's at least three different stops you take between those two places, you know, for training, for workforce, for all these different components. Right. And I think what the unique role that we play is helping connect a lot of those pieces. And the unique role that the IMA plays is helping connect a lot of those pieces. We can hear about the mission and vision that a lot of these Mm -hmm. partners have and then thread the needle of the pipeline to help connect them all together and really start to share all those missions and find the collaboration points that they can have. And so, you know, with the workforce boards, with the employers, with community-based organizations and statewide industry associations, I mean, there's a lot of synergy there. And it just hasn't been put together yet. And I think that that's a really cool place that we're finding a unique niche to start doing and helping with. And that's going to be the the make or break point. Uh Collaboration is how workforce development gets done. That's how humans do things. That's how we survive as a species. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So what are you seeing in Illinois specifically when it comes to filling pipeline and what's working when it comes to creating these connections like we were just talking about? Um, in, in Illinois, there is a lot of energy, I think, right now for uh-huh. folks to start addressing these issues, both as a workforce issue, as an equity issue of how do we um, yeah. expand this workforce to be really accessible to folks in every single background right. that have been right. underserved for a long time. Yeah. And I think that we're ready to take those challenges on and start working on them. And I think that there's the policy that Sarah's mentioned is one step towards doing that. Uh-huh. It's making resources available to schools yep. and giving every student you know, access again, to these opportunities so that they can make their own informed decisions. And so I think Illinois is doing, you know, a lot from a lot of different levels, uh-huh. from reentry programming to K-12 to workforce development boards, you know, trying to offer opportunities for folks to start identifying career pathways, breaking down the barriers that they have to accessing them, and then getting them into the programs they need to get them there. Right on. And so what are some other solutions or ways we can expand some of these programs if they're working for Illinois and the U.S. when it comes to connecting workforce development boards and local industry partners? Yeah. So, you know, workforce development, again, is a really complicated process. You know, it takes a lot of people working together to solve the issue. But I think right now what we're doing is really starting to create some pilot opportunities, some opportunities for partners to start to develop the fundamental programming that's needed Mm. to get career exploration under their belt, Mm -hmm. um, really start to address student issues um, and get students interested in in these type of programming in the K-12 institutions. And then from there, you can start building out. So once you have a really solid career exploration opportunity for the manufacturing careers at a K-12 institution, then what you can do is you have students that have identified manufacturing as a pathway. So now all of a sudden, you've got students that have this idea in their head that they want to do this, and you start creating more opportunities for them to explore it. You can start working with local manufacturing facilities to do site visits, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can start talking about these incredible pay and benefits mm-hmm. and compensation opportunities that students have to sustain a family and you know work locally. Um, right. I think that's another thing that we, we hear a lot is 
that, you know, people don't realize that, you know, you can do this at an apprenticeship and get paid to learn, right? Oh, and sure. you can do that locally in your hometown. You don't have to go across the U.S. to find a good job. And so I think that once you start building those foundations, like what we're doing in, in career and tech ed and building a good career exploration program, you can start building out all these other components and start connecting more and more people at every level to get the exposure and to really develop a strong workforce development pipeline. Uh-huh. So that's where we're at. We're at phase one okay. right now. We're, we're building out the, the fundamentals. And then from there, you can start adding in all the other components. And eventually, this is going to build into something where you, you've got these streamlined, beautiful pipelines built out yeah. and students know exactly where they're going You know, in high school. Awesome. Well, and just as a closer for this section, Mitch, uh, what have you learned about manufacturing through your work with groups like the IMA that you think would be valuable for our listeners that you haven't had a chance to mention yet? Yeah, I think that industry associations like the IMA, and we're very lucky to have the IMA in Illinois. They're one of the best manufacturing association in the United States of this year. So congratulations to you guys, Sarah. Um, But no, we're really lucky to have an association that is able to work from the top down and see a 10,000 foot view Uh and make those connections, right? Start to connect those manufacturing partners with their local ecosystems and and really start being a, a partner in pipeline development and workforce development. So I think that there's a really a lot of opportunity when you have these associations that whose mission is to serve the industries in which they represent. They offer a ton of resources in terms of membership and connections. Um, I know that Sarah has been a huge benefit and advocate for us um, and has made some really great connections on the K-12 level and other places. So we really appreciate that. And I think that from a mission standpoint, there's no better partners than a lot of these industry associations who are facing those problems head on. Um, and who want to work through them and help really kind of offer some solutions. Very cool. Well, let's pivot to a section that is fun for both of you, and we'll talk about building (laughs) the future. Why is it more important than ever to tell young people and job seekers of all ages about opportunities in modern manufacturing? I mean, it's more important than ever because of the open positions that we have in manufacturing. Uh I mean, you look at COVID again, and the manufacturing industry was considered essential. And that is something that the IMA did was define essential for the state of Illinois. And that model was used in other states across the entire country to make sure that manufacturing stayed open, Uh to make those vaccines, to make those ventilators, to make sure the stores were stocked with food and toilet paper and paper towels and all of the things. And while we are looking at so many job openings, it is so imperative that the United States maintains its strong role as being a leader in manufacturing. And we need to educate individuals about what modern manufacturing looks like. And to build off of that, it goes back to the saying I said at the beginning of this section was, you can't be what you can't see. And I think it's the duty of those of us that are working on workforce development to give that information and that, and that education and that knowledge to the folks that are interested in career pathways and looking. You know, these are incredible, sustainable, thriving wage career pathways. And I, I use the, the word career very specifically. These aren't just a single job opportunity that you're going into. Right. These skill sets are transferable. They're valuable. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that now more than ever. And if we don't tell students or job seekers, whoever it might be, about these career pathways right. and what that looks like and what that means, then you know they go to the things they know. Right. And not that there's anything wrong with these pathways, but one thing we hear a lot of from like the K-12 institutions is students want to be influencers. <laughs> they they want to you know be in, in sports, um, yeah. you know, or you know maybe they have an exposure to something else that they want to be. Right. And there's like I said, there's nothing necessarily wrong, you know with those pathways, but that's the only things they've been exposed to that they really kind of find interest in. And I think that there's a lot that we can do to help expose them to other things too. So again, 
make an informed decision about really awesome pathways that are out there for them. A lot of opportunities here to, like you say, these are thriving wage, living wage, family wage jobs. You, you know, pick your terminology and they are more accessible than people realize. But yeah, if you don't get this kind of background that we're trying to provide that the IMA and the, the network of local connections are trying to provide, yeah, people just are not going to take advantage of these opportunities. Yeah. All right. What would be some advice you'd give learners and listeners in the Illinois area or wherever when it comes to pursuing a career in modern manufacturing? Manufacturing employs people of all skill sets. It is not those kids who don't want to go to college. Mm -hmm. It is not only community college degrees. Mm -hmm. It is not only four-year institutions. It is all of them. And it also includes, you know, HR, front desk, accounting. Manufacturing is the backbone of almost every community across Illinois. My advice would be look into that in your region. (laughs) Find out what is made in your region. The IMA produces every year a poster, a made in Illinois poster. And we send it to schools and we send it to community colleges and all of our members get one. And it's just, it's a map of Illinois, Uh and it shows where the products are made for that year. That's so cool. And a lot of kids don't even realize, like my kids geeked out because Capri Sun is made (laughs) just south of St. Louis, and that makes them excited. Awesome. But look at what is within your community, because Mitch, like you said, it is so important that we are living and thriving in the communities that we were born into and supporting them, and manufacturing is the way to do that and get those sustainable wages. I think one piece for anyone listening is that there is an opportunity for you locally mm-hmm. or you know in manufacturing and you know feel free to I'm sure reach out to manufacturers or you know try to do a little bit of your own kind of research and, and work on that um, I guarantee you that anybody would be very happy to have you come and talk about their career pathways and what they, what's offered there so even if you don't have a program yet that maybe supports you in that endeavor, but you found out about it because of a podcast like this or you know, some <laughs> other pathway, um, you know, look, in, look in to see what's around. Just do a little like Google search and see what those pathways might look like. I'm sure you could find some really good information for yourself and you know, maybe even some videos or other things that might give you that a little bit of extra information that you need to kind of make some informed decisions. Yeah. So, okay, last question here. What gives you the most hope about the growth of the modern manufacturing industry and the training opportunities that are existing right now or that are developing for the future? The modern manufacturing industry is really exciting right now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there are so many new emerging technologies that are being produced. And you know a lot of them are coming here to the United States and are going to need to create job opportunities for the local economies to support those. So everything from clean energy technology, which yep. as we talked about before, is you know a really big driver for a lot of youth right now, is talking yep. about how we're going to support opportunities in climate change. You know, all the way through silicon and and semiconductor manufacturing. Yeah. There's yeah, so yeah. many cool opportunities to create the tech that is going to support the future. And I think that that is really exciting piece of this is just being able to go into an industry like that that has so many cool opportunities to work on such a broad array of different items that are going to support policy objectives and just really cool, fun tech too. Yeah. I mean, our if you think about our virtual reality headsets, that's, right. you know, that's, that's a pretty cutting edge technology, yeah. but somebody has to manufacture that. Somebody has got to design the entire thing and right. the entire product and then produce the entirety of that. And then on the back end of it, I mean, you've got the, all the software right. that runs it, you know, the simulation right. environment too. So, and uh, yeah, Sarah, how about you? What's your, give us your hopeful pitch for the future before we get out of here. 
I mean, my hopeful pitch for the future is we are embarking on a revolution where things are changing faster at the speed of light. We have so many technologies that are advancing without even the blink of an eye. And that is a very exciting time to enter into a workforce and find out what you love. The car, I mean, think about where we're going to be in 10, 15 years with cars, gas stations. I mean, this is such an interesting time and just paying attention to to the evolution of it is so exciting. And I think that should get more people involved in manufacturing. Awesome. Thank you again, both so, so, so much for being here today. I think a lot of people are going to have their eyes open to just the amazing potential that the modern manufacturing industry has today and hopefully come away with a different view of the whole thing and the the great potential that it has going forward. So thanks again for joining us. And thanks all of you at home for listening. And join us again next time on Upward with Transfer. 